0: No.
1: Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome to the, the
0: Barbarian, Barbarian Project. I know you all been missing me out there. I kind of disappeared on you guys for a while, but they did not hold me hostage back east. Uh, I just traveled out to Pennsylvania to go to the big N A L S. That does not spell nails as much as some of people might think it when they go to seminary school. Uh, but it is a Lutheran thing, so we do hang our hat on that one nail once in a while, you know. But uh, today, I am blessed to be joined by a father-son team that actually I've known the young man since he was very little, and I have been friends with his dad for a great number of years. Uh, You could say that we've had uh, uh, a bloody relationship on a couple of occasions.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's one way to put
0: it. Yeah, Yeah, uh, meaning he's tattooed me. Yeah. he is He has poked me with a needle numerous times millions,
1: millions and millions
0: millions and millions of times, yeah, millions of times you can you can pull that up it won't it won't hurt you the microphone's not a snake boys. it won't bite you. I promise all right today I'm joined by Craig. Hello, and do we call you Natty? Do we call you Nathaniel? What do you do now that you're like seven foot three bagel
2: uh bagel well, yes, is that that's... what
0: we call him the bagel?
2: Uh, my friends call me that because it's a play on my last name. Okay. Uh, th- whenever they read it, they'd always read it as Nigo or Nigel or whatever, and I didn't like that, so I said, it's bagel with an N, and my friends <laughs> just ran with that first part.
0: With the bagel. I get it, man. That's cool. <laughs> okay, so what grade are you in now?
2: Uh just graduated ninth, going into tenth.
0: Okay, and then what's the plan after that?
2: Um. Well, I've been thinking that You're I good. will... Ah, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking I will um, wait like a year before I go to college to kind of build something, maybe get a, a job or something.
0: Well, I know you do a lot of military stuff. You haven't given that any consideration yet?
2: Uh, no. You... I From when I joined ROTC, mm-hmm. um, I never have and haven't really developed a desire to join the military at all. I uh, joined the program because, number one, it sounded like a lot of fun. Uh, and two, it sounded like a really good way to learn something new, develop discipline and such. And so far it has. I've actually become quite a different person, I feel.
0: I do. I a think you. Person. it's matured you quite well.
2: Yeah. And I've made a lot of friends and connections through it. So
0: That's awesome. So it'd be something you'd recommend for a young person.
2: Oh, definitely. Even if you don't want to join the military
0: absolutely i think that uh you can gain a lot of really good life skills out of rotc i had a lot of friends in rotc i wasn't in rotc uh but all my buddies and and they enlisted in the marines and the army and the air force and the navy they all had been through there and it was very beneficial to them in the long run yeah now you and your dad live where at
2: uh we live in santan valley in arizona been there for like four years
0: All right, and uh, so do you like living down in all that heat?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's really nice. Um, You're never really cold, even in the winters, unless you're, like, up at 3 in the morning.
0: And then what's the temperature, like 50? Yeah, that's about the coldest it gets. (laughs) I know, man. You you guys live in the middle of the—but it gets cold in the desert. It's actually the truth.
2: Yeah, it, it does get really chilly. You're just never awake to see it.
0: All right. Yeah, well that's that's the right way to live, man. If you're up all night, then you'll know how cold it gets. In the 4
1: years we've been down there, it's hit a hard freeze
0: two times each winter, right? How does how does that affect everything around there?
1: Kills off all the vegetation in the yard. Thank goodness. <laughs> all of it
0: yeah <laughs> well i can imagine man okay so craig give me the rundown what are you doing down in arizona now you used to have a shop here in casper what was it called it
1: had chapters tattoo
0: chapters mm-hmm. tattoo and and Town. yeah and you and i kind of came across each other even back in my thugging days mm-hmm. yeah back when i used to work
1: at the ink spot
0: yeah later on we became good friends very Very good for you. And uh, so, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, you moved to Arizona, and you guys are in Santan, Arizona, which is on the outskirts of?
1: Santan Valley is an unincorporated area
0: between Queen Creek and Florence. Okay. So... And then, um, what ends up happening is you, you work at a tattoo shop called Frontier Tattoo Company. All right. And they can reach you. Give me a phone number. So I'll plug you. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, it's in the phone book. It's in the phone book. (laughs) Look it up. Okay. So while you look that up, so tell me, uh, on average, how, how much, uh, tattooing are you doing nowadays? staying pretty steady at work.
1: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm booked until I'm booked all the way through July. Um, and for Saturdays I don't work Sunday but my Saturdays are solid all the way through September
0: right now one of the things is is that when you used to have a tattoo shop here you and I ran Bible study in that tattoo shop and we I I know that you were doing a ministry here I don't know if you do it as much down there but you used to do uh tattoos as cover-ups for gang tattoos and stuff to that effect have you done much of that down there
1: I have not actually that's because I've seen you cover
0: up giant swastikas <laughs> and stuff like that for yes. some Samarian brothers getting out of the, out of the prison and, and have come to Christ. And, Indeed. you know, that's a, that's a pretty powerful ministry. I, um, I don't think people realize that how important it is to start removing a few of those things from your body. Correct. The phone
1: number down there is 480-987-4728. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at Frontier Tattoo Company um i still cover up things all the time it's kind of one of the things i specialize in. you covered
0: up on uh, my stuff
1: i did big old tree
0: yeah that took a little while so i love yeah. when, when craig looks at my arm he's like i forgot how big that piece is and then then he tells me one day he's like you know this is a back piece for other human beings it is pretty close
1: <laughs> yeah your arm is wider than many people's body.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old, though, man. It's shrinking up. So, hey, so here's the the rest of the deal. Give us kind of a little rundown. Uh, so, you, I know you were very strong in your church here. You you went to Highland Park. Mm-hmm. You were very active in that. You've been active in actually a few different churches here mm-hmm. in Casper, Wyoming. So, when you went down to Santan, when you mm-hmm. you know you start thinking about a Christian that leaves a place and goes to a new place. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that fall away from church altogether. Man, I, I have seen that happen. Yeah, and but I saw you. You went down there, and one of the first things you did is start researching, searching for churches, looking for stuff. I actually
1: asked um, my friends and family on Facebook if anyone knew of a good Christ-centered church in the Gilbert Mesa area. That's where I was moving to. Mm-hmm. And within five minutes, I was hooked up
0: with... Um, information about the church i attend now which is Lifelink Church. Lifelink. Okay, what's your pastor's name over there? Pastor David Wright. Well, hi David Wright. I'm positive that Craig will tell you to turn into this show and then you'll be tuned in the rest <laughs> of the time it. with the other several hundred listeners we have yeah. down in Arizona. Actually, you know, we we've crept up to where we are uh, being downloaded about 1,600 times a week. So, I mean, awesome. we're doing really good. And I haven't done the research for, here lately to see which states and whatnot are, are downloading us, but we're doing good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, so let's talk about uh, about Lifelink Church. I mean, uh, so tell me what are some of the things you really like about uh, that there in Arizona? Um, Lifelink Church, they they teach out of the Bible all the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I used to attend Highland Park here and then Hope, um, and I went from Hope Church here to Lifelink there. The preaching is almost on point, mm-hmm. uh, very, very similar. They talk about uh, the Holy Spirit, the function of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life. Um, we we pray for people for healing. There have been people healed of cancer. There's been people Amen. healed of various kinds of serious issues. Um there's been financial help for people. as has doors have opened in just in a miraculous way as a result of praying for people. So you're very th- very much on board with that,
0: right? Are they a strong outreach church? Absolutely. All
1: right. the, the church exists to link people with God mm. together for life. Hence the name. Motto: Life. Hence the motto.
0: Right. Well, Natty, what about you, man? What do you, how does how does your relationship there? Because you ended up getting baptized in that church, didn't you?
2: I did. I'm actually wearing the shirt I got from it right now. Right on. Um, got the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, very comfortable. Um, well, now I'm old enough to where I sit in the main big auditorium with everyone else with Dad. Right. And I do worship, and it's amazing. And I I love the way that not only Pastor Dave teaches, but um Everyone else like Pastor Josh and Tom mm-hmm. uh, and Pastor back, Lon Ray. yeah uh back when we uh first moved down, I was still in like the fifth sixth area, right, but uh I accidentally would almost <clears throat> always sign into the like high schooler area.
0: Well, and you were seven foot two, so they just accepted you.
2: Yeah, they just they just accepted me. Uh, <laughs> they were like,
0: "Well, he's either a short, skinny one of us, or he's what." And then all of a sudden, one day, you were like taller than everybody.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> and then I would like raise my hand to answer a question, and then they'd be impressed enough with my answer to just eh. they left you there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, you're smart like that. And, it, and the other thing that I really liked about it was that. Um, uh, I, I didn't blink an eye because I liked that better than what I would get from the like fifth and sixth graders because rather than just teaching the Bible stories, which by that point, you just tell me like a couple of events and I could probably tell you what happened next. They taught us how to apply it mm-hmm. and what it meant in the bigger scope, which really just was so much better than what I was used to, so I just kind of stayed there. Well,
0: do you think that that's really helped you with your uh, continuing your faith? I mean, understanding where and how to live a Christian life, right?
2: Well, yeah, because like, I, I know that a child can't, or most children can't really fully understand how that applies, so you want to teach them the stories first and get them to know who Jesus really is. But it really opens your eyes when you start to think of that that's still in effect today. like Stuff like that still matters today, and it's important that we know that because there's been a couple times where we've been talking where stuff that happens today is paralleled in the Bible.
0: Oh, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> and Your dad's over there beaming with pride right now, just so you're aware.
2: I can see him.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about the number of times that he and I have to drive 36 minutes one way to get to church now that we live down in Santan because LifeLink was in Gilbert, which is where his he moved with his mom and his stepdad when they moved down. And on the way to church in the mornings, we'll be talking about music that he's sharing with me from things that he's, he's come across, his music style that he likes, and we'll be talking about lyrical content, thought process, and that'll lead into a conversation directly having to do with Jesus and the kingdom. And then we'll get to church, and then Pastor Dave will start talking and he'll look over at me and go
2: we were just talking about that we were just talking about that without fail almost every time it happens
0: oh, that's awesome so uh now when it, when it comes down to what are the, how many teenagers do you have in church with you right now that are very close to your same age
2: well uh let's and see. and
0: I'm not asking for a direct number I'm just like do you have quite a bit do you feel like there's quite a bit
2: I feel like there's there's enough like oh and can,
0: and are they proactive in that outside of the church?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: hey, I've, that's important cuz nowadays that's something that's kind of really dropping off.
2: Yeah, they've they've talked about that too about how uh nowadays um I think it was Pastor Josh who was giving like a sermon about this, how we live in a sort of post-Christian world where rather than people denying God's existence, which still happens very much, uh more more people uh, more and more either don't care or acknowledge that God exists, but don't do anything. They don't like build a relationship. They just, he's on a back burner, which is almost just as bad, uh, if not worse, than outright being an atheist. Because even in the Bible, God says that he would rather uh, someone have a burning passion against him than be lukewarm.
0: Oh, I want you to tell us your age:
2: 16. Uh,
0: okay no and there's a reason i want that is because there's a lot of people listen to this show they think that all young people just have started to ignore god all the way Mm -hmm. you know and that that's true in a lot of ways now and natty i'm i'm glad that that you are the person you are because for this simple reason Uh, you know, I, I've run into those young people that don't feel that Christianity has a backbone because they don't live up to what, uh, the Bible says, etc. And what I'm hearing from you is that it, it becomes a priority in your life. And it is something that you, you, your collective of people do work with. And we are going to see the world start to drop off more and more. And, and your pastor is right. We are in a post-Christian world. And, um, A part of being in a post-Christian world is we have to realize that a lot of churches have become very large uh, social gatherings. Mm-hmm. It's what they've always done, so it's what they continue to do. Mm-hmm. And um, But, you know, making sure that we as pastors and we as people going along are continuing to teach and educate people mm-hmm. <clears throat> and continuing to show them, where we're at with uh, in, within the world and how we should fit. Because we're living, we are living in probably the craziest time I've ever seen. You're coming up in, as a teenager, you're coming up in a world that is so different than what your dad and I were raised in. I mean, it is.
2: I think it's unbelievable because it's so different than what I was raised in, too. Like, I was raised knowing how to read an analog clock, having to learn cursive, and then the next year... It's like waking up from a dream. No one knows cursive. No one knows how to read an analog clock. No one talks about Jesus. No one like it's so different the kinds of issues that we face now than what we did back then in just a few short years.
0: Craig, I'm gonna have to do a different show with you. I'm stuck with your son for a while here. Hey, get it. Uh, this is very interesting uh, in in your perspective on this, Natty. So, uh, so how have you continued to work in this? Do you continue to hold on to some of those old things? Do you? I mean, because you're a computer kid, and let let's face it, man. Ever since I've I've known you, can you you work, you play games on on? I watch all that stuff. You're an electronically intelligent human being. That is for sure. You may not think so. you're because I see the doubt in you right now, but I'm telling you you are. and but you're still holding on to some of that uh, other stuff. Why do you think that you held on to that other stuff?
2: Well, because it's important. I mean, one of the most important things about life is learning how to change and accept that the world's gonna change around you. Um, but another important thing is to you kind of gotta make the choice and judgment of what is truly important, what needs to be kept. Because, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. Like, um, bottled water. Humans need water. It's just changed how we get it. We still need to, like, keep a lot or some or certain aspects of old things and bring them with us. No matter how much the world changes, there's certain things that you'll always need um, and need to know how to do.
0: So when you uh, do you think that's just having having Craig as your dad that kind of got you developed that way i mean your 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 entire family structure is very unique for starters okay. but i mean your your mom and your stepdad and your dad they're all very tight friends and you guys all co-parent which is very unusual to be honest with you it is unusual i mean the environment you're raised in you have a solid family structure
2: i count myself very lucky
0: oh yeah i i i count you very lucky too because most people do not have that i've seen a few you know i have i have other family that the mom and dad weren't married because didn't work out for the marriage but they never stopped being parents together they co-parented and and i i think that's been done really well in your family but i also see the advantage of uh, also you having the father around all the time i mean your when your mom moved to arizona your dad sacked up and moved to arizona <laughs>
2: I, I feel like mean, that's really helped.
0: I, I know it has. I know it has. That was a direct response to him asking if I would move.
1: They his mom and his stepdad called me into a family powwow because they were concerned that he maybe wasn't adjusting well to being that far away from me. The inshot of a the upshot of a four hour conversation was can you move closer? Yep,
0: I can move closer, no problem. See that that's good parenting right there. And it isn't a matter of uh, submitting to the child. It is seeing what I am developing for my child in the future. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's been times that you've thought about shooting down south and live on full time mission field. Yep, police. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, but you, I, I cannot do that until he is out of school and he is developed into the next thing that he's doing. And then I'm free to do that. Yep, absolutely. And that, you know, I think that's something missing in society today about our uh, parents are more concerned about making sure their kids are or, about their growth. And not as much about their kids' growth, or they're so worried about the kids being in all the right sports and all the right stuff that they also chop out the faith. But one thing that has definitely happened with you, uh, your family, is I've seen you you maintain your faith very, very strong. And you know, at, we might even record a second one today, and I'll release it later.
1: I'm down.
0: With some of your, (laughs) some of your other stuff about coming to Christ. I know you guys hang out with me all day, right? This is a seven hour show today. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. So, uh, now let's bounce, let's bounce, uh, to this quick question when you, uh, with your groups and the stuff that you, what do you think encourages you along the most in your groups or your, your social groups, uh, for your faith? I mean, do, do you have friends at school that are uh part of your um that go to your church?
2: Uh no, not really. Um because I've because we found a good church that we like going to um in Gilbert, we didn't really change when we moved. Um and it's it's not unreasonable to drive there. Uh, so we just kept going there, so I would be very, very surprised if someone at my school went to my church, unless they were in a similar situation, which isn't out of the question. It could happen, uh, but that doesn't mean that there's no one at my school that I'm friends with that doesn't have faith. In fact, um, one of my good friends, um, Dominic, uh, you know, we we poke at each other, but um, I saw him at the cafeteria one day praying for his lunch. And I was like, Oh, that that's very interesting. I never knew that about you. And he goes, Yeah, I'm I'm Christian. I'm, yeah, we we've talked about that. So what I
0: what I'm hearing is they're still developing in the school system where you're at. This gives me great hope, man. Yeah. I mean there you're still the kids are, are having the courage to pray publicly. Yeah. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. At so, our church there are
1: families in our church that live within three miles of us, but they're the way neighborhoods are set up in Arizona. They're like subdivision neighborhoods and each neighborhood has an elementary school and a middle school. And then there's usually an upper grade or high school within three developments. One of his friends at church, his, his exact same age and his exact same stellar intellect level. Um, Sean, Sean lives mile and a half from Natty, but in a different, school zone he goes to a different school that's
0: closer to him so
1: yeah yeah
0: so then you know uh so do you do any home groups or study groups with those guys i mean is what does their youth group look like
2: uh well now that sean and i are both because we're similar age we're both um in the in the main area there's not really a designated like youth uh, group that goes on there it's actually Wednesdays I think it's student movement mm-hmm. um, I haven't really had a chance to like go to that because of stuff like after school kind of gets in the way and home life um, but they they do a lot of stuff regarding uh, building faith with that like I've gone to a couple of them and um <laughs> they are still just as good as when I was too young to be there on technicality um, and the level of depth because um, they, they really do try to like get the kids engaged and have them make connections and stuff and uh, like half the discussion is on the behalf of the, of the students like with each other with the pastor mm-hmm. and they're like these are really great questions guys these are really great discussions let's keep going and I, I really like that environment and in, like, everything, not just church.
0: Now, where do you think you end up going with all of this? I mean, you being in church is one thing, but where do you see yourself developing any more into pastoral roles or anything to that effect? Or I know you're 16, and I'm not asking you to make commitment to anything, and your dad's not even going to look at you while you say this. He'll pretend he didn't hear you. So,
2: well, because I am so young, I haven't really, like, it's a weird stage. I just got into high school, but I'm beginning high school, so I need to start thinking about what I want to do with my life, but I can't make any commitments, because that's still a long way down the road. Fair it's, enough. It's like a metronome, back and forth, back and forth. Right. Um. And I haven't given too much thought into specifics of what I want to do. I know that in this technologically advancing world, um, having an outreach is more important than ever, especially if you want to be heard with anything. Uh, Like, right now, I do live streams of, like, video games and stuff that I play. Um, uh, I'm making, like, an animated cartoon series, and I want to make video games when I grow up. Um, Like, as, like, an indie developer working for something like Nintendo... Whatever. I want to develop games because they are a fantastic medium of getting ideas across because it's better than just writing books, making art, writing music. It's like literally all of that. Did he
0: just trash talk you and me? Yeah. You're the painter. It's all good. And the artist, I'm the writer. No. And the talk show host.
2: (laughs) It's not like that. It's like all of the combined. Um, but like I'm going to school for that. But I haven't really decided fully on any of those. And I feel like it would be really smart to pursue those because as a Christian, I feel like it would be a responsibility of mine to try to put that into whatever I make.
0: I would agree. I think that you're, you're smack on track with, with what you're doing. That That's good. That, uh, that it'll be interesting to watch how this develops and don't get too hung on going any one direction, be open to what the Lord's going to push you at. But I think exactly. he's definitely, you know, one thing I've always appreciated about your dad with all of his children is that, uh, he, uh, reminds me a lot of my dad, where uh, my father and Craig have both been one that let, uh, lets their kid develop into who they're going to be and doesn't tell them who they need to be. And that is an incredible thing. And I think you've just really done well with that, Craig. Thank you. And uh, so let me ask you a couple of questions, Craig. So sure. when it comes down to being over there at that church, you've run some home groups. One. Yeah. One home group. Well, fill me in on the home well, we were having a talk at the table. So and you're talking about crazy atheists. Uh, Militant atheists. Yeah. Yeah. At one time you and I had some (laughs) militant homosexual ladies that we were dealing with that, that ended up being some of the best conversations Very much so. that we had once we were like, hey man, we're not here to fight. I mean, mm-hmm. you came here. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, they wanted to talk about all of the negative things. I said, why don't we just talk about the love of Christ for right now? And right. we'll we'll tackle those things. Mm-hmm. But let's figure out who you are in Christ. And then we will worry about sin issues and stuff right. like that. First right. we got to know who Jesus is, right? Uh, and know who God the Father mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. As well as how how do we develop moving forward And And I thought you and I did really good through that cuz that was a difficult time. We had a lot of guys bail on us cuz they mm-hmm. were freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that was there were a lot of good conversations at the table, but there
1: were some weird ones too. Um, at, at Lifelink, <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> for real, at Lifelink Church, Sunday is geared a lot towards the newcomer, but um, mm-hmm. also reminding everyone else that who Jesus is and how we function. Um, our church definitely does small groups, we call them life groups. Um, so that's where a church of three or four thousand people you can develop. Closer relationships in smaller groups. And in those groups, you can also get into deeper discussions and practical discussions of how Christianity plays out in the day-to-day life. I mean, how do you cope with this? How do you cope with that? What's going on? We can pray for each other. We can all that. So I sat through. I've I've attended two really amazing life groups where people were healed. There There was a ton of growth. And in one of those, the group it got huge. There was supposed to be 12 people, and it expanded to like 26, 27 people. Amongst those 26, 27 people, there were some people who were just coming to Christ, and there was definitely a very intelligent, very well-educated, strong atheist mm-hmm. whose parents are both believers.
0: And how old of a
1: guy? Oh, mid-30s. Okay, okay. He's a father himself. He's a very, very smart guy, um, very strong in his opinions. And he wanted to talk about how Christians don't back up their play. You know, they don't live like the Bible says. And and my thought process is like, yeah, no one does. Right. And
0: those guys are usually very well read. <clears throat> very, They much, are. You know, what, what really is. blows me out when you're in this, this is one of the things that I do chuckle about in, in talking with some people. And I'm like, well, how are you going to deal with a person that, Well, you know, they they go to the church fathers or they go to old writings and stuff like that. And I think that's great. But when you have a person that can match you (coughs) step for step in that, you aren't the smartest one in the room. That's for a fact. And this is one of those guys. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I would say he's
1: probably smarter than I am. and, And or maybe. I'm not sure. But at least I can. He apparently was able to have conversations with me and a few of the other people in the group because we were well-educated, yeah. intelligent, and able to speak intelligently. He
0: definitely doesn't deal well with people who aren't. <laughs> so. I, I get that part. Or, uh, it, yeah, he's one of those guys that can yeah. have a tendency to talk down to people because he does not think they're gathering what he's saying, so he just uh, becomes maybe. frustrated maybe. and steps away from it. There, Yeah, I think there's the frustration level, and I think
1: that, if you don't have the ability to come with an intelligent argument, then he just stops talking to you. And and so, um, I actually haven't had the opportunity to have very many conversations with him. But the the few that I have have been really good conversations. They've been some difficult things to to think about. You know, I'm like well, it says this and it says this, and why don't why don't people do these things?
2: As an outsider looking in, I've seen him actively seek you out with those conversations like oh most of the time he's the one that walks up to you i think that's because he sees you as someone who is very educated and knows what they're talking about and is like believes in their faith
0: well and one one thing not even being there and not knowing this person but knowing you uh we live our lives out loud even our screw-ups oh, we man. live them out loud everybody's oh, aware man. when we're screwing it up everybody's aware <laughs> when we're doing it right everybody's aware what we're doing we aren't ashamed to be human beings yeah we're not we're not the the holy christian uh collective <laughs> that well life is good <laughs> no no it isn't always good it's sometimes pretty rough yeah yeah uh, and and people recognize that man. So okay, yeah. so let's go on. What what has happened with this guy? How how have we moved I, forward I with this? I honestly
1: him? haven't even I I think I saw him again two months ago in passing. They he's got a young one, very young one. Um and the the life groups are only for a few months and then we shuffle people around. Well like that's how so you get everybody to know each exactly. other. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we haven't been in the same group. Um the last time I did see him was at church, but it was in passing and he was talking to someone else and I was in the midst of dealing with something else and we just didn't have a conversation, but it, he's still showing up. So, that's good. You know, and he's friend I know he made friendships and relationships with some of the other brothers of mine down there that are also like solid, solid Christians, so yeah, he's being drawn by the spirit because otherwise he wouldn't have any thing to do with us you just figure
2: we're all whack jobs and wouldn't show up (laughs) that's what i really like about that it's like if they're really really like smart and intelligent and i actually really like the idea of someone who does question stuff because that tells you that they're they they almost want to believe
0: right they're searching I'd, i'd rather have a person searching than uh period yeah. I mean if they have doubt that's not a problem man. Let's uh we all we all run into those snags right. What
1: I what I like about him is that when he asks a question he'll give you the opportunity to answer
2: it. Oh yeah.
1: Where a lot of times somebody who's aggressively atheistic will ask a a question and as you begin to answer that question will hit you with two more and as you begin to con- concentrate on one of those two he'll hit you with three more. And you just never let you get a sentence out in answer to any of those things. Yeah, that's
0: not called being smart. That's called being rude. I get it, man. And there's like a whole ton of people out there like that. And you, and you run into that all all the way around. Or you run into people... Uh, where you you do start to invest into them and you, you can see it's not going to go nowhere and and so sometimes those people are going to be brought to Christ by somebody other than us absolutely yeah and uh, so uh, so let's bounce on to the rest of your home groups i mm-hmm. mean when when you guys are are getting together uh, how do, how does the people get selected up um okay so when it comes to a semester
1: is coming up to open up. Staff at the church will ask uh qualified leaders who've already led a group, um, hey, we're coming up on a new semester. are you interested in leading a group? What will be the topic of the group? When will it be meeting? Where? These kinds of things. And people who are willing, interested, available will go, Okay, yeah, we're gonna we'll do a group and it'll be this day at this time, um, And then there will be three weeks where there's enrollment in groups. People just pick whatever group they want to be in. I've joined the groups I've joined because they ran on a day when I could attend. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) I have tattooist hours. So these people are having groups while I'm still at work most of the time. you know. Or they want to do like Saturday afternoon. That's the busiest day of the week for me and I can't be there. So I've attended groups that happen on Monday evening. Because that's when I can be there. Right, right. That's your day off. And when I, after I had attended a few, then I sat in and co-led a group with the Kellys, who are also from here. And um, that's how I got hooked up at Lifelink. Uh, Chris Kelly and Holly Kelly moved from Casper to Arizona. I didn't.
0: I didn't realize they lived down there. Oh yeah. I knew they'd moved to Arizona. I guess yeah. I just didn't realize they were with you.
1: Oh yeah. That they they were at the church. They were at Lifelink for ten months before I got there. So, and there that's how I got it was his mom hooked me up with them down there, so, right on yeah right on. cool, so I sat in with them, leading a group, and they did a great job and they helped me see how it functions and then the next semester, I hosted one at my house, so
0: yeah. nice, okay, so let's go with a couple other real quick things with um well, I, you know, one thing that I heard about, and some I haven't started talking to my group yet, but I think before, uh, here at the end of the summer, we're going to do is a thing at our church called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Nice. Okay. Dude, so, nice what I'm going to do, this is the way I'm thinking it. So, some of my church members are listening right now. I'm going to gather about five houses. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to tell anybody. Who they are? These five people. I'm going to sit down and visit with, and say, "Hey, you got to make dinner. Uh-huh. You're going to have uh, four guests show up. Nice. And I love it. And then what we'll do is have anybody else volunteer. And what we'll do is all we'll do is hand them a, a, an envelope with an address in it, and uh, they won't know who's coming to dinner, and they don't know whose house they're going to for dinner. Nice.
1: That's <laughs> going to be great. What, and I what think an an adventure. That, yeah, I that think like that would Hobbit. be. It.
0: Yeah, it'd be a great way to show up to start visiting mm-hmm. with each other and, and get to learn a little bit about Absolutely. each other. So
1: in my life group,
0: the, mm-hmm. the only one
1: I've hosted at my house was a very small deal. Um, some of the people that could have attended were hosting their own. That's fine, All right? Um, and I co-facilitated with, uh, with a couple that will be hosting in the fall, I think, at their house. And then I had two other couples show up um, on the regular, and occasionally we had a couple other people visit. And we happened to be blessed with Joy Mercer, who can bake anything. I love (laughs) her. Oh man, I, I have she a love so for good. joy right now. So it was very hard to stay on my nutrition plan because
0: I'm going to eat whatever she brought. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get part. that. Yeah, you know, you got to start asking questions on occasion mm-hmm. with uh, with you know the breaking of bread house to house. It says in the book Acts, right? Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's like, "Yeah, they were doing communion house to house." I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure they just all ate a lot because according to every uh let's just we can go through all the denominations from the Baptists all the way to the non-denominationals and Lutherans and Catholics and everything in between and say when we get together we eat. Come on. And you know, here's the cool thing about it is even when I used to meet with other clubs mm-hmm. when I was, when I was in a bike club, if I needed to sit down and talk to the guy, Christy cooked. Mm-hmm I have to sit down at my table. Because one thing is very difficult to do is be angry when you're eating. Yes. And I is. don't know what that is about, but that is one way to really calm things down for a minute. And one time, uh, I think I can, I can legally... Yeah, I'll I'll mention these two crews. There was uh there was uh, some combat going on between some Serenos here in town, which mm-hmm. is a street gang, and and there was another uh, a collective of people that go by the same name. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the other crew was some ICPers peers that uh, they had ah. been going at it. Oh, okay, okay. And I happen to knew I happen to know two of the guys in those two crews.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. They end up negotiating a peace. Now, mind you, there had been a couple of murders in our town Mm -hmm. between those two crews. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up bringing all that to peace over some spaghetti. Come on. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) how you do it.
0: That is how you do it, man. You got everybody to chill out for a little bit and start talking. And if one will keep their mouth full for a little bit, then he can actually hear what the other one has to say.
2: Mm -hmm. Ah. And I
0: think that's really kind of the key to thing to doing that.
1: Good food puts you in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. And then it allows you to think. Well, and
0: Christy, my wife, you know, she's always thinking she's always she could make grass taste good, dude. (laughs) (laughs) On the other end of things, she also knows, uh, oh, they're angry. We'll give them comfort food. (laughs) Come on. Because then all they'll be thinking is like, man, I need a nap.
1: Enchilada casserole. (laughs) Oh,
0: Oh, you should try her enchilada meatballs. Oh, snap. Dude, they're off to they're off to skillet. I'm telling you, man. So, nice. anyway, let's not start talking about this. We just finished breakfast. We just had breakfast. We are already thinking about, Christy, what are we doing for lunch? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, uh, on the other end of things, when, when it comes down to this, um, I, you know, I'm really glad that you guys went down there and you got reconnected. I was really happy the day I saw you got baptized. Man. And, uh, Craig, I know you do an exceptional amount of reading and always have, and we've went to the same Bible college and stuff Mm -hmm. to that effect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to that, what do you, what do you think is the number one thing that you have learned over your Christian walk Mm -hmm. on how to deliver a solid Christian message or for starters? And I'm going to say Christian message, not the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm saying a solid Christian message. And then we'll, then we'll bring up the gospel.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I I just talk with people. I guess my ministry happens in a tattoo chair, right? Every, every time I get to work with a client, I'm praying before I start breaking skin. I'm asking God to guide me through it. I'm thanking him for the opportunity. I'm asking a blessing on my client and we get started. Sometimes that will start a conversation. If a conversation can get rolling between me and my client on almost any topic, somewhere in a two- or three-hour period of time, which is what I spend with most clients, um, that conversation is going to touch on Jesus at least once. All things lead back to him. Everything leads back to that. Um, and a lot of times, once a conversation begins rolling, as I'm listening to what they're saying, I'll, I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me things to respond to. what they're saying with that will guide a conversation in a direction they weren't expecting. And I wasn't expecting that's the best conversation type to have. Absolutely.
0: Without a doubt. And that's, that's one that's God's prompting because he's tugging on heartstrings all over the place. Sometimes ours and theirs. Right. And so when that
1: happens, that's huge for me. It blesses me. I feel like I'm plugged in. It blesses them (coughs) whether or not they're a believer. Now, Sometimes those conversations will lead to me explaining the gospel to them—the point of the cross, why Jesus came here, what was accomplished, why it was necessary.
0: <coughs> so yeah, so uh, when you when you hit those type of moments, how how simple do you keep it, or do you? street well, it, language it, yeah
1: yeah pretty much like we did in the jail you know uh, sometimes my
0: education will leak out of my mouth and like multi-syllable words and things like that but <laughs> that's one thing about you if i just <laughs> sent you to this school i just came from you'd have been like oh look these people speak my language no wonder <laughs> where, where burt was Bert was hard time having a hard time here i just kept my google out and they would talk and i would go what does that mean okay that's what that means gotcha right.
1: I was talking with your wife yesterday about language and higher education and the ex- like expensive college educations in my opinion I think half of that is just so you can learn the language of the people you're trying to be like so that they can they so that they will accept that what you're saying has merit because if you can't speak it in their language then they think you're an idiot that's uh
0: that's solidly true but part of the problem is they only could speak to each other
1: that's exactly because then they won't most of them have lost the ability to speak about these concepts at street language level
0: and i you know that's just always where we were called you mean we we were called to the street and i you know it's uh that has been a thing with myself learning uh and i tell people this all the time when i'm talking to the upper echelon of the church the denomination i'm part of i'll tell them i'm just struggling with the language right now i'll get there yeah i just i'm trying i'm trying to learn what you say i mean it's like a lot of times with any of these churches um that uh no matter where you're at um they have their own language the church you have down there had a different uh mm-hmm. language than hope up mm-hmm. here, oh yeah. Hope definitely has its own language, right? And people have a tendency, good or bad, they have a tendency.
1: If if you're not speaking the language that lets them that lets the individual listening know this guy knows what they're talking about, they have a tendency to dismiss without considering what it is you're saying. Um, and so they they can miss a lot of things. So I'm self-taught tattoo artist. All right, I, I learned how to do this game. On my own,
0: I'm going to go with yes, that is true. But B, you have artist DNA. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. My daughter, my daughter, <laughs> I'm who's now you, an art
2: teacher,
1: no, we'll I will tell, we'll tell you the same thing. People always go, "Oh, you're talented." Like that makes up for
0: so much. If you don't practice a thing, right.
1: you suck at
0: it. No, I've oh. watched you, man. I've watched you over time practice and dedicate yourself to things to become yep. the expert in it. You are all right. So but if you if you
1: come up against somebody who has the classical training or the the college training from Yale or whatever right that that provides credibility because it's an understanding that at least you were exposed to this much training in this area and you have the understanding of the language so we can accept that what you're saying has merit the idea that goes along with that is if you can't speak in this language then you're an idiot regardless but you but, told me a story once in jail, actually several different times in jail with several different groups. But this
0: stuck. With bear me. in mind, we were not incarcerated together. We were, doing <laughs> we together. we're doing ministry together. We were doing ministry together in jail. So I remember this story.
1: The story was about a homeless guy asking somebody, can your God do anything?
0: Yeah, that was a guy talking to me on the yeah. street.
1: Yep, my God can do anything, then your, your God's not the God of the Bible. What? Wait, what? Because God cannot force someone to love him. And he cannot lie. And he cannot lie. And he cannot do something that's against who he is at
0: core. And that will wreck your thought process,
1: but it's true.
0: Right. And that, that's street thinking. That's, that's street that's,
1: level thinking coming from someone living on the street, and it'll shatter theology pretty hard.
0: It sure can. Now, one of the other things, Craig. So when you're when you're dealing with with people sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. you know, getting a tattoo, or you're you know, you like to say you you worked with me for a long time at the jail level, and we man, you and I have been street preaching forever and a day. Um, when it, when it comes down to that stuff, what, you know, when we say we're using the street language, what does that end up looking like when you are dealing with somebody like this, uh, atheist guy, uh, um, do you raise your, do I mean, that's part of the reason we really need sometimes. to do now, honestly, need to have the good education. Yeah. Along with the street-level education in order to have a combination between the two. But what we definitely find is that there can be a struggle between those two because that was one thing that I had to definitely learn uh, headed towards my doctorate Mm -hmm. was to maintain my street-level conversation. Mm -hmm. But I find it very difficult because I haven't had to have that high-level talk. Mm -hmm. If you don't stay in a language all the time, you lose it. You can, yeah, you can. Or you
1: miss certain terms that have been coined since the last time you were in that kind of atmosphere. So, with the with the particular atheist I'm thinking of, actually, and with many of them, the issue comes down to they want to be literal to the language of a any particular section of Scripture. Sometimes it's just one sentence. And they want, this says this...
0: Right, and, the and basic it will,
1: understanding would be this, and why don't you this? And it's right, like okay, well, let's look at that sentence in the context in all nine paragraphs of that chapter. Right, and let's concentrate on not just that, but who's he talking to? to yeah, the who, culture. Who's speaking? Who's he speaking time. to? All of that thing. All of that has bearing on that one sentence and changes the flavor and the tone and the application.
0: That's where biblical education comes in. Right. Because you have to know why we got where we're at. Right. Now, so my other quick question is, and I, I know you're, you're finishing up here, but I, I want to toss this in on that. When you're utilizing that, uh, is the language that you're speaking to him in, are you having to bring him down to where you guys are finding a medium conversation I mean because you got to bring him on to uh, uh is he looking at uh speaking of of a philosophy type thought process you mm-hmm. know like is he looking at um you know what what's his educational background etc and does mm-hmm. it start to show up in this conversation
1: yeah it does I'm not really certain of his entire educational background and I'm
0: asking big hard questions because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm struggling in some of this he's, stuff myself so
1: he's a chess player All right, so that, like, if you've, I'm sure you've dealt with people who play chess, because there's a lot of people that don't.
0: I just dealt with a nine-year-old that whipped me like five times, and I told him, we're done playing this game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So chess players are hard to talk to sometimes because they do, they have laser focus, but they can also comprehend deep steps. Boom, 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 boom. This leads to this. It's like a logic train. Logic trains fall apart when they meet Jesus. I, that makes me laugh, but I,
0: because <laughs> I know I sure fell apart when I met him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so well, one could say, well, what does that mean that that Jesus isn't logical? No, he's more logical than anyone. It's a Re- different logic, but it's <laughs> it's kingdom logic. He's the logos, <laughs> right? The so, very root so, of logic. The, when the Bible says the
0: foolishness of God is wiser than men's wisdom, it isn't plain. No, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians one yeah. eighteen for the way of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, yeah, yeah. but to those of us who believe it is life. Exactly.
1: And so some of these conversations are about legal, like, well, it says this, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? You guys are all hypocrites. Yeah, because like, we're human, and all humans are hypocrites. Let's go to Jesus. This this law that you're pointing out, is you're correct. We fail at that. That's why we need a Savior.
0: Correct. And, you know, <laughs> part of that started them uh, having uh, a difficult time with recognizing that Christ uh, is the way of salvation. I mean, that, that's what the whole debate is. That's, mm-hmm. where, that's where they're struggling when they go, why don't you guys do this? Why, I, Jesus is the gold standard of Christianity. Yeah. That's where we're all supposed to go. We ain't all going to get there. right? But one thing that we can do, what we do, we do well. Right. I mean, and the, the whole thing is is uh, a phrase you keep utilizing, you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys. You guys. used guys are doing this wrong, and you guys are doing it. And they, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we just buck down to my life, and let's just pick on me. Because mm-hmm. picking on me is just fine. I can show you all of my screw-ups. Right. But I can also show you where he <coughs> has rescued me out of a lot of right. things uh, that I used to do. Right. So, so, and that's called advancement. I, and yeah. you know, I'll, I'll give you a classic, uh, less Brown statement. I did not come this far to get here. Right. We're going past this. I am this is just, this is where we're at today, right. but we are going far beyond right. where we're at right now. It is God's spirit that teaches us to will
1: and want to do his good will and empowers us to be able to do so without that. Good luck. Keeping the rules, man. Because you're going to find you can't and you never could. And if you've broken any of them anywhere, even one
0: time, you're guilty of having broken the whole batch. Right. So I'm down to like seven minutes here. Okay. Hit it. Okay. So I, I want to put this and I'll put this on the table to both of you. I'm going to start with you, Natty, and ask you this, and then I'm going to kick it to you, dad. And I'm going to yeah. ask the same exact question. Cool. And the question is this, is that when it comes down to understanding the church body as a whole, mm-hmm. no matter what denomination, no matter what church group, et cetera, how do you perceive that, that body functioning together? Do you think it does function together?
2: Well, I feel like I personally haven't done much research into the different denominations, such as, like, Lutheran and, and like, Baptist and whatever. Like, whenever I get to that question on surveys, I'm like, a uh, Christian? Like, there, there's these core beliefs that, like, these are true. Right, so what
0: are those core beliefs?
2: It's that Jesus was real, which is a fact proven by historians, atheists or not, he was a real person that he died on the cross, also a real fact, whether or not you're atheist or Christian. The other one is that he rose after three days and that there is no other way to heaven besides him.
0: Mm-hmm. No other way to the Father. Well, I am going to just say thank you, that that is a solid That's a solid uh, uh, thought process there, especially at 16, man. That just blows me out. All right, Dad, same question. Do I repeat the question? (laughs) Uh, Could I get a repeat of the question? So uh, what I usually end up, uh, what I am saying is when it comes to the overall church body. Yeah. How do you see them functioning together? Do you see them functioning together? Cause we, we've been around several ever, several churches, even mm-hmm. several different non-denominational churches, et cetera. We've mm-hmm. been in together and, and worked within those mm-hmm. collectives. And we've had our own house churches mm-hmm. and stuff to that effect. I mean, pff, my house got overran more than once, right? right? Then we ended up having to rent space. But Absolutely. on the other end is, how do you see them working together and how do you see Christianity moving forward and working together? I I feel like they can work together. They
1: do occasionally. I I would like to say often, but I think that a lot of times various maybe politics or whatever else, various things kind of may get in the way or hamper it. Um, I've witnessed some churches absolutely refuse to even talk to members of other churches. So, I think it's disjointed. Um, The church that I attend now, every week we pray for the pastors and congregation of of another church in the valley without fail. It might be be this church or that church or that church, but we lift up at least one other church every week, their pastoral staff and everyone going there. That's
0: a great idea.
1: We ask for blessing for them, Um, you know, because we do view – the body as as Christ's body, all right? The the church that I attend would call themselves non-denominational. They, they don't function under this umbrella or that umbrella. Or A problem. hierarchy. But as you and I have talked before, they're kind of more interdenominational. They're, right. they're definitely willing to reach out and work with Anyone,
0: right? And see, and that's do. we need to recognize that that is what's up, and it that's is. what I wanted. That's what I wanted to see if that was the same thing as true down there that is yeah. starting to develop here. Yeah, Our, in fact, Wes Canell and I, we uh, and Aaron from City Park Church, uh, and a few other churches around town as well. We've stopped calling ourselves when we talk, we just call ourselves the Church of Casper, mm. and though we may be in several different houses. Mm-hmm we are one church and that correct. is the church of christ
1: correct yeah. our pastor is on on a uh, it's not a staff it's part of that kind of a collective of there's various other pastors in the chandler tempe mesa gilbert area that are that they meet every week as a as like a citywide thing right and they're they're involved in that our church has a has a operates on a mandate that we believe that the Lord assigned a specific area of the valley to us. And it covers Mesa, Tempe, Phoenix, um, Gilbert, Chandler, Queen Creek, Florence, Maricopa. I mean, it's between this highway to this highway to this highway to this highway. It's a huge area. And we we believe we've been assigned responsibility to pray for everybody in that area and for god's kingdom to advance in that
0: area i mean that's called taking a battleground that's it yeah and and god has set you guys up now that that's the right way of looking at
1: this you know, every year every year they'll they'll uh they'll they'll let the congregation know beforehand okay next week this is what we're going to be doing we're going to be praying for and they'll actually go out and drive along those highways and, and ask for the Lord to lead them towards, you know, whatever he wants them to pray about, wants us to pray about. And we pray for everybody in that area, everybody, and for the Lord's um, kingdom to grow and for healing,
0: for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So with our last couple of minutes left here, last words, Natty. Any, if you had just, you got one minute to tell anybody anything you want them to know about your Christian life, what would you say?
2: It is important to learn as much as you can. Don't be afraid to be the dumb guy. Look stuff up when you don't know what it is, because once you have that knowledge, you then need to take it a step back and be able to explain it. Um, Albert Einstein said, uh, if you can't explain it simply, you don't know it well enough. Uh, And that is especially true here. Uh, you need to be able to explain it to everyone to get it out to as many people as possible, mm-hmm. because that's what you're supposed to do as a Christian.
0: Dad, I want you to contemplate buying one of these boards.
2: I want to start a podcast and
0: start doing a podcast between the two of you. Okay, mm-hmm. Craig, what, you're you got one minute. Fill me in on what you would want. What do you want people to know? Period. That God is. That
1: he is better than they've ever thought possible, that he loves them more than they could ever fully comprehend, that he knows every last thing that they're afraid of or ashamed of, and he still loves them. And he's done everything necessary to bring them up out of that. Absolutely.
0: Well, I just want to say thank both of you for just taking an hour with me. I know that our conversations can go on. All day. Oh, yeah. All day long with us all Love the time. It. This is this is basically just us talking in the house is what this looks like. But uh I just want to thank you guys for coming in here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you guys are up from Arizona for other things, mm-hmm. come up to see your family and whatnot. and I just really, really appreciate being here, so God bless you for uh, sharing with us today. Glad to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, I, with that, folks, I just want you to know is that uh, Jesus loves you, and I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us
1: for questions or comments please email us at info at the barbarian the barbarian prophet is a registered trademark of barbarian media group listening to this podcast may cause excitability euphoria and overall sense of happiness and the realization that you're not alone discontinue use if reddened skin or rash develops side effects may include random hugging crying out loud smiling while alone and happy crying combined with snot bubble development do not use during church
0: service no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast are you actually still listening seriously we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really 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 important but let's wait until the next show for that Yeah, that one more thing that we always want you to know is that if you have been looking to find Jesus, he isn't hiding from you. He's just waiting on you to open up your eyes to see him. And the one thing, when you do find him, find yourself a church to get involved with. Find a group to get yourself involved with. Stay in your Bible and stay loving Jesus because he definitely stays loving you. We'll see you next time on The Barbarian Prophet.